Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, March 19th, 2020. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, I might have broken the biggest news story of the entire oh, week wow. on Twitter. On Wednesday evening, Catherine McPhee tweeted, Who should I invite on our Insta Live to come sing with us? Emoji with the hand on the chin and then eyeball emoji. Oh boy. And because I have an entire monitor set up to Twitter on my, my tweet deck, I replied immediately, Megan Hilty exclamation point. And then almost right away, Kat McPhee replied, Stay tuned, period, uh, smiley face emoticon that has no nose. Um, so I think we might be mm. getting some sort of smash reunion on Instagram Live oh, thanks wow. to coronavirus. So really what this means is, is that all of this coronavirus stuff will have clearly been worth it. Yeah, exactly. Thank thank goodness for that. Everyone finally gets their <laughs> Smash so, reunion. Thanks, Obama. Yeah. Everyone yeah. finally gets their Smash reunion. Yeah, and and I found it out, so you can thank me as yeah. well. Send Call me your, Matt Bama. Matt uh, Bama. Thanks, Matt Bama. You can send your uh, well wishes to Matt directly, I guess. You're welcome, Theater Universe. Yeah. Um, if, you know, <laughs> I can guarantee this. If they ever do a season three of Smash, which they absolutely should, and I hope that um, Playbill's um, live tweet rewatch encourages Netflix to pick up a season three, we will, I guarantee you, we will do a recap show just like every Ooh. other theater queen out there. Yes, of will course. We'll do a, a, a show. Also, though, I have been talking to a friend of mine who wants to do a um, a High School Musical, the musical, the series Ooh, recap show with okay. me. I've never seen any of the High School Musical movies. I didn't watch the TV show. Um, and that, that offends her. She actually played Sharpay in high school. Oh, boy. So, so she wants to do that. I, so I think we're going to try, especially if this thing goes on for a long time, um, but speaking of the recap shows, the latest episode of Some Like It Pops Always Extraordinary Playlist Edition is actually going to be in your feeds on Thursday afternoon as a special That's bonus. Sweet. Normally that is just in the Patreon, but, you know, times is hard, sir. Uh, I was um, about to say, yeah. A little, a little, a, a little a, treat. Have a little yeah. uh, Some Like It Pop as a treat. Yeah, and not only do we talk about the uh, episode five and six of Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. We also do a list of Palooza and talk about the five things that <laughs> are making us smile while the world is crumbling around us. So uh, some good stuff in there. So take a listen to that in the main Broadway radio feed on Thursday afternoon. And you can obviously join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Broadway radio where that episode is already there. So if you want to get it early, get jump it. in. All right, Ashley, let's get into the news of the day. And we're going to start, of course, with COVID-19 updates. And we're going to start with Actors' Equity announcing that they have reached agreements to allow select producers to capture and make a performance available online for one-time viewing only to ticket buyers. Now, Ashley, this is supposedly targeted to the cities and states where there are are official bans on public gatherings on the books sure. and producers who are interested in exploring whether they should they qualify or not should contact the equity business rep in their specific area. 
San Francisco's American Conservatory Theater and Berkeley Rep are among the theaters that have already announced that they would be using Equity's temporary new streaming agreements to broadcast shows. We talked about that earlier this week in Ashley mm-hmm. Lee's article. Yep. Um, as this quarantine continues to go on, though, Ashley, I feel like Equity is going to be making a lot of allowances. Oh, yeah. Um, Absolutely. Not just for things like this. And I know there are some others in the works. But I feel like they're going to have to make a lot of allowances and perhaps um, allow some things that have been filmed but haven't seen the light of day yet to be presented in some form or another. I think not only is it just good for all of us who are going to need more and more content to consume the longer this thing Mm -hmm. goes on. So true. um, But while practically no equity equity actors are working. It's an opportunity for them to make a little bit of money too, if the, you know they right. can get the negotiations and they can have some money there. So I would imagine that as this goes on, we will see some things popping up, whether that's in ticket buying things or on streaming services, and uh, you know, bring it on. And, and hopefully, what this will actually do, Ashley, is lead to some sort of sustainable agreement, mm-hmm. so that we can find a way to finally make filming shows in the u.s and specifically on broadway and off broadway um feasible to where it's not so cost prohibitive that you just can't do it because it it really is a shame that london is kicking our butts in terms of all of that stuff yeah i've been thinking about this a lot in terms of i I always am thinking in terms of accessibility and how Mm -hmm. we're going to make shows available especially you know as we've seen from national theater how well they do and even in some cases like pbs live performances we see it but not much Mm -hmm. else now we're going to have to get to a time where as you said uh actors aren't really making any money Uh, this is theirs for most actors this is their sole source of income and if you've lost a show if the, I, you, the union is taking care of you if you're a union actor but otherwise not so people are going to have to be a lot more creative in how they're making art and producing art and I've seen a lot especially among cabaret performers like they had shows coming up like Molly Pope for instance had a show coming up at Joe's Pub and it's now like this was my sole source of income so now I'm recording this entire show that I had from my living room and you can send me five bucks on Venmo and I will take anything and just send you the download link so I mean that's what people are gonna that's what people are going to have to do now and the quicker that our national institutions and uh, you know, equity can allow this to happen on a wide stream level, the better for actors. Yeah. And you mentioned NT Live. I would not be surprised if we see those things become more available too. Oh, Because definitely. right now, as far yeah. as I know, I don't think they are streaming anywhere. Uh, no, maybe they are in the UK. They're pretty and you can much under lock VPN. and key for us. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so uh, unless someone recorded it somehow, um, I don't think they're available. So, but maybe that's something that can happen as well because mm-hmm. uh, NT Live has a wonderful catalog of productions. So much um, that so. Hopefully, yeah. All right. In some other uh, union news yesterday, Ashley, Mm. the Coalition of Broadway Unions and Guilds issued a statement calling on New York State and I guess city as well to provide immediate emergency assistance to arts workers who have been impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. The statement said in part, quote, we are requesting emergency financial and health protections. 
There are no work remotely options for our members, many of whom are freelance or paid per performance. We ask that the legislature prioritize our members' needs as they will be essential in re-energizing the important arts sector of New York's economy when we reemerge from this crisis. Ashley, it sure would be nice if some legislature anywhere, I don't care, yep. pick one, somewhere did something to help its constituents. As we are oh, recording, yeah. I did just see that the Senate did pass the House's bill and it, it will presumably be uh, signed into law. But that is just the beginning. Um, and it did not specifically address the arts, but hopefully something will. Oh, yeah. And, I, you know, the most I've seen other than you know, the calls to do this is... Uh, entertainment charities being donated to and that's good for the future <laughs> whenever things get off you know up and running again but there needs to absolutely be some nationwide legislature in place that addresses a uh, low-income workers freelancers artists of any kind because if there's nothing coming in there's nothing coming in there's nothing to do about that and if you claim that you're supposed to be working for the people this is obviously something that needs to be done i agree all right in some other money coming in news recently <laughs> what's uh, that like <laughs> yeah when the money kept rolling in anyway um <laughs> uh, lynn nottage and annie baker both pulitzer prize winning playwrights have recently been tweeting about the fact that productions of their shows have obviously been canceled uh, all over the, the country obviously but then some of those theaters that have had to cancel their productions have been asking for the playwrights to pay back the monies they'd been advanced jeez oh, now, Michael Paulson from the New York Times put together an article about the situation and discussed uh, the fact uh, that this was was going on. In the article, the Dramatists Guild's uh, general counsel said, quote, Every contract I've seen says options and advances are non-refundable. Since writers aren't unionized, they don't have collectively bargained compensation, they don't get health insurance, and they don't get unemployment. A few thousand dollars for a theater is really paperclip money, whereas for a writer, it's grocery money, it's rent money, it's, it allows them to keep working. The Guild also said that these requests are almost uniformly coming from nonprofit theaters, and neither the Guild nor Nottage would comment as to which actual specific theaters had made the requests. Annie Baker would not comment or did not comment for the New York Times article. Although Nottage did admit that it was a major regional theater, but there's a lot of those. Um, in a statement um, released yesterday, the Guild said, quote, It needs to be made clear that options and advances paid to dramatists are not returnable. They are payments to a copyright owner that give the producer an exclusive, uh, an exclusive option, but not the obligation, to present the play during a specified period. In a specific manner, within a specified locale. There are generally force majeure clauses in contracts that can extend the producer's option period due to an event like this, so the theaters may be able to delay the production without canceling it. Now, if you listen to This Week on Broadway this week, James talked about force majeure clauses when it came to insurance contracts as well, so you yeah. kind of know a little bit um, about what that is. But no, actually, I... 100% don't think that the playwrights should feel compelled to give any monies back, and the theaters absolutely should not have asked. But yeah. I I do feel incredibly badly for these theaters, obviously. It's a crappy situation for every everyone. If they're asking uh -huh. for the monies back, chances are they need that money. And, and maybe not, and maybe they just were trying to be 
pragmatic and you know buttheads about it but i'm imagining if if a major regional theater is asking for money that they give a playwright back it's probably because they need it and they're Uh afraid that moving forward between no ticket sales and maybe people won't be giving as much they're in a bad situation so uh you know they shouldn't have done it and i'm completely on lynn and annie's side but yes it just it just sucks for everybody nothing about this is good right it's a bad situation obviously and that can't be understated as you said there are there, there's a possibility that in some cases it could be a matter of butting heads or being pragmatic, but I would say for 99.9% of theaters, that's not the case. They're about to lose. I mean, they've already lost a lot of money. They're about to lose even more money. There's no programming on the table for at least the next few months, if not further down the line so everyone is feeling it and it's it's hard not to feel bad for the theaters but i will first stand on the side of the artists all the time yes you are you will generally always be on the right side of things if you stand on the side of the individual against any corporation or any any large organization even ones that are genuinely benevolent yes uh All right, Ashley, let's move on to some uh, more news about how the COVID-19 pandemic is affecting theaters and theater performers worldwide. Uh, First up, the Old Vic announced yesterday that it is closing temporarily, which means that their production of Amy Herzog's 4,000 Miles, which is slated to star Eileen Atkins and Timothy Chalamet, uh, will be postponed until after the theater reopens. No shock there. Also uh, also postponed is the Broadway-aimed or bound musical The Wanderer, which is set to star Christy Altamar and Joey McIntyre. That is going to be rescheduled once they figure out a new timetable for theater openings. And then finally, um, there's an article from Deadline, Deadline's Greg Evans, talking about what might happen in terms of the Tony schedule. once we figure out what's going on, obviously so much is up in the air, Ashley, about what the timetable will be mm-hmm. for when productions can get started again. If productions can get started again, then you have to start figuring in how you get all of these Tony voters in. Yesterday, I heard that the annual road conference um, has been canceled for this year. That is when many Tony voters that live outside of the New York tri-state area see the show so that they're able uh, to vote. So it's a it's a it's a good read from Greg Evans. It's a it's a nice long you know explanation about how this is all going to work. Not long, but I mean it's a nice thorough explanation. Um, But it's going to be a problem. There's no answers at this point. Um, I'm going to be speaking with our friend Oliver Roth on Thursday um, for something that'll probably air on Friday. Um, We're going to talk through a lot of this stuff. Um, But there's no answers. But there are questions, and I think it's important to start talking about these questions now, because whenever things get back to normal, Ashley, I think that's going to happen very quickly, and they need to have thought through what is going on now so that they aren't completely caught flat-footed when they have the opportunity to start getting things in line. Yeah, definitely. Uh, That's what I've absolutely been thinking about, especially in regards to the Tonys. Like, of course, people are starting to prep for it now, but there's only so much prepping you can do. So they're and not just the Tonys, but I mean, for any award show things at this point or anything leading up to award shows, anything leading up to eligibility of what can be considered part of the season. Everything has to be in place because when the orders are lifted, 
uh, obviously there's going to have to be some kind of, you know, regrouping period and re-rehearsal period and all that. But for the most part, people are going to want to get in as quick as possible. Yeah, absolutely. And I still think that we are going to be in a situation where there could be a quarter of all Broadway theaters dark um, because shows yeah. either don't don't yeah. return or don't start uh, after this, especially if this goes on as long as I think it might. Yeah. But that's a super depressing thing to talk about, Ashley. So let's talk about my feel-good recommendations <laughs> things, of the day. please. Get things. Uh, um, so the first one is, this was actually, I think, released last Friday, and I just saw it um, yesterday. Uh, Rachel Ziegler, who is the uh, upcoming star of the film adaptation or remake of West Side Story. She's playing Maria. She is, if you don't know her, she when she filmed West Side Story, she was a 17-year-old New Jersey high school she's student. She's so I think. great. She's absurd like i really really the reason i want to talk about that she posted a video of her singing what baking can do from waitress it's incredible but the real reason i want to talk about this is i posted this on twitter ashley i am now starting a campaign for whenever hadestown returns to broadway whenever eva noblezada decides to leave the role of eurydice i want rachel zegler to play Eurydice. Wow, I don't know if that's her... a big thing for you too, because you were you of any I of love the roles Eva. leaving. A yeah, yeah, A you love Eva, but of any of the roles, it's like her and Amber Gray leaving. Correct. Those are the ones that I'm wor- most worried about. But I think Rachel yeah. would be amazing. She's obviously gonna have to promote West Side Story, so I don't know if it actually would work out timing wise, but I think she would be incredible. Sure. And it's about time uh, or not about time because she's eighteen years old, but I mean like she's been known for a <laughs> Get while. Get on it, Rachel. Geez, slacker. Yeah, slacker. Geez. Jesus. But I think she'd be a great Eurydice. Um, okay, next up, I I said that I'm not going to talk about all of Broadway World's living room concerts, and I haven't. But the one that came out on <laughs> Wednesday is I love it so much because it is Kate Rockwell, recently departed of Amazing. Mean Girls. I love Kate Rockwell. Like, I remember her singing Evita on um, Grease Here, the one that I want. Uh, the NBC oh. reality show where Laura Osnes was cast as Sandy uh, in Greece. She was one of the runners up, as was Ashley Spencer, who went on to marry Jeremy Jordan, um, who was obviously a co-star of Laura Osnes's later on. Anyway, um, she's amazing. She's hilarious. I, she's the best. She was the best part of, of Mean Girls to me. But she sings a song from her album. And one of the reasons I want to talk about this, she sings a song. It's actually about dogs, about loving dogs. But what's interesting about this, <laughs> Ashley, is that the song is on her album, but it's not listed on her album. She oh. did a thing that was very popular in the 90s, especially with like, like, oh, uh, got you know a little bit of a B-side going on. Well, it's, 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 they, we, we called them back in the day, hidden tracks. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of like grunge bands did it. I know Stone Temple Pilots oh, did yeah. it. Um, uh, Cracker did it a lot. Um, so what it is on the last song of her album um, if you wait like 20 seconds, this other song comes on. Um, and I cannot tell you how highly I recommend this, this album. It is one of the very, f- I have like five solo albums on my phone and Kate Rockwell's back to my roots is one of them. Wow, uh, her, nice. The last, the last listed song is unexpected song. Um, but, uh, there's a few Andrew Lloyd Webber songs on there. There's a lot of, um, uh, Sondheim in there. She has a great, um, uh, medley or a uh, mashup of a couple of Sondheim songs, but it's very, very nice. good. So check her out. I love 
Kate Rockwell, and I'm hoping that this Mean Girl success leads to much, much more for her. And then my last recommendation, I didn't mean to talk about these very long, um, and I'm sorry, Ashley, that this one is also going to be <laughs> a Andrew Lloyd Webber-related uh, thing. Wow, but pick me Sam- long down. I'm sorry. Samantha Polly, currently one of the stars of Six on Broadway. If you remember, she left one of the regional productions of Six to go play uh, Eva, uh, Ava in uh, the Regent's Park open-air theaters production of Evita last year. She is doing this thing where she's doing a song a day during this uh, quarantine. This is her second day was Wednesday doing it. She did a medley of Evita songs, and it is unbelievable. She's just sitting on her bed and belting the crap out of these songs. She's amazing. Um, people have described this production of Evita as like Beyonce at Coachella. Um, Ooh, and all right. Production of Evita. I've heard that there could be some opportunities for it to come over here eventually. Uh, but yeah, she's amazing, right. so check that out. All right, Ashley. I've I've waited for far too long to get to the most important <laughs> news of the day. Just staring at it has me cackling, yeah. Okay, so um, one of the things that a lot of people are watching now that we're on quarantine is Smash, which I mentioned earlier. The other, because it is now available, is Cats. Thank God. I mean, who Thank doesn't need to see it? God. So... This story, um, somebody tweeted named Ben Meckler. He's he's a blue check. I don't know who he is, but he tweeted, I desperately need a tell-all book about the making of cats. It could uh, it could really help me get through this. And then somebody named Jack Waz replied, a video effects producer friend of a friend was hired in November to finish some of the 400 effect shots for Cats movie. His entire job, brace yourselves, his entire job was to remove <laughs> CGI buttholes that had been inserted a few months before, which means that somewhere out there, nice American tale reference. There, yeah. Somewhere out there, there exists a butthole cut of cats. Uh, finding this cut is my white whale. Hashtag release the butthole cut. Uh, I would say you truly love to see it, but you you don't you don't want to see that. I mean, I, I don't want to see I, it, but I want to see this tweet. This tweet is amazing. Oh God, oh, I I don't even know what to do with that. Besides, I it I hope I hope that he finds the cut because I have a feeling that there's something lost in translation here between his friend of a friend who is the video effects editor. I like, don't I'm sure know. that. They did not. There's no way they put buttholes on the cats in the cats movie. There's no way. Did you see the rest of the movie? No, of course, it's a possibility. Uh, I did not. Oh my god. Uh, Okay, one other cats related thing, (laughs) also related to stupid, funny things on Twitter. Uh, Hollywood (laughs) star Seth Rogen decided to watch it um, on Tuesday night, and he lives in California, so his tweet reads. Mm. I'm pretty stoned in watching Cats. I've never seen the Broadway show. It is truly trippy. Am I supposed to know what a jellicle is? They've said it 200,000 <laughs> times, but I don't know what's happening. Ha ha. He and then proceeds to live tweet all of Cats. Oh, um, like the hero it, we don't deserve. No. And then at the end, he says, all right, I'm turning this off and watching 90 Day Fiance. Good luck. Stay clean as F. Um, so, you know, 
I hope cats cats I hope content for the opportunity to see the butthole cut. <laughs> I've seen a lot of Seth Rogen movies. I am sure that he is using all of his Hollywood power to get the butthole cut. I, I hope so. I truly yeah. do. All right, Ashley, I did my best to end what on a, a high note to end on <laughs> a, a high note. Get it? High hey. note. Anyway, that is all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWB Matt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, this is Ashley. Judy Dinch is in a is in a cat fur coat, which I can only assume is socially appalling in this world. Oh, Lord. Have a great day, everybody. We'll talk to you on Friday. <laughs>